All right, everyone, how are you doing? I am Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast, and here with me I have... Hi, I'm Isai Valdez. Uh, people call me he, people call me E. I was the tournament director and launcher of the inaugural Squid Games that we just recently held in Seattle, and I'm also one of the organizers for our local Rainbow League uh, from Dodgeball Seattle. Nice. Um, so I, I reached out to Isai... Uh, also known as E, not Eminem, but E, <laughs> about talking about the first ever Squid Open. And um, but before we go into that, let's talk about uh, Eastside's journey in dodgeball. So how long how long ago was your uh, first open session or uh, first time playing? So I started about three and a half years ago, maybe. Uh, mm. Yeah, I started about three and a half years ago, probably closer to four at this point. Um, I was essentially looking for a community to sort of join uh, where I can be both active and just find uh, like a queer community to be a part of. Um, That all stemmed from, I I grew up as an athlete. So like I've always had some sort of like uh, athletic component to my life or whatnot. And I was hoping to find that in our local water polo organization, which I did participate in for about three or four years. and kind of ran things for them on their end, but it didn't quite feel like what I was looking for. So at one point I saw an advertisement on Facebook for this local gay dodgeball league that was uh, recruiting for a new season. And I thought I'd give it a shot and I signed up with one of my close friends. And uh, from there, I guess the rest was history. I I played one season and got a feel for it, kind of really liked it. And then that same year, rainbow league this uh the queer version of dodgeball for dodgeball seattle had popped up and became a new sort of league um and i immediately jumped into captain in that league and and was immediately brought into sort of a leadership role in that organization uh starting season the first season so like i've been in it ever since um and i've just become like overly obsessed with this community and the broader just dodgeball seattle community so i do play in uh, I, you know, not limited to this league alone or the Rainbow League alone. Like now I play in, you know, the comp leagues and all the other stuff as well that Dodgeball Seattle has to offer just because I've become obsessed with Dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you were part of the water polo scene out in Dodgeball for about three years, but you didn't feel as family oriented about that scene. Um, what was it about Dodgeball right away that hooked you for you to it- have that feeling right away? Yeah, I think it was just the welcoming environment. Not to say that, like, the water polo players didn't eventually warm up, but, like, I didn't get that feel. Like, it wasn't as as openly welcoming right off the bat. It took a little growth there. Um, and, again, wa- like, water polo is a whole just a different beast in itself. Hmm. Uh, and there's, like, a big level of expectation when you are going to either an organization that's been established or not that, you know, you, you know what you're doing. There is no, like learning curve there's nothing like that you really have to know the sport to just sort of jump into it it's very hard to break into even though you know there are opportunities to do so but when i joined that organization i didn't necessarily get that feel off the bat i eventually did but still not to the degree where like i feel like there's just a lot of different sort of uh chemistry and stuff that happened there that didn't necessarily reflect some of my previous experiences and teams that i've been on and when I went to dodgeball for the first time, it was very welcoming. Uh, 
I love the idea of like walking into a new sport where I feel like there was like an equalizer where like the majority of people that were in the room with me maybe had played a season before, but it was a new sport where like everyone starts from the same place. Um, and the feeling was welcoming and immediately, you know, there was, you know, making friends and people that wanted to hang out after and stuff. And, and I felt like it was a, a little bit more of a climb with the, the water polo organization to get there. You know, I eventually did, but like it was still a lot more work and, and just, you know, the maintenance of water polo is just a lot to keep up with. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as I started navigating the dodgeball scene and sort of seeing what's out here and how people play and, and just really loving the sport myself, like it just became the place I, I went to to just like find my community. And, and the other, the other, I guess the big underlying portion of this too is I was looking for a specific queer organization because um when i went to college or whatnot i, I played on the first uh gay soccer team in, in long beach california and i i think so fondly about those memories and the friends that i made lifelong friends from that organization it was the first team it was like a big kind of you know family oriented kind of thing where we were all really close friends we hung out on the weekends and all that stuff and i was really looking to replicate that experience years later having moved to Seattle and stuff. And I thought I'd get it in water polo because uh, initially the organization that I signed up for in water polo used to be, uh, it started out as a queer water polo uh, team 25 years ago, but uh, their logic for sort of stripping the identity of that is, you know, Seattle has become progressive. Um, you know, those labels are no longer needed, but at the same time, like the identity of anything queer in that space kind of just went away. Like there's like, there was, I think there was like three, uh, like, you know, queer players at the end of the day when I left the organization a few years ago. So it wasn't exactly what I was looking for in that, in that, you know, area. And then I found it in dodgeball. So I've been here ever since and just kind of have been holding on tight to it. <laughs> so wait, how long ago did you move from Long Beach to Seattle? I moved uh, from I would uh, from the LA area. I moved from the LA area because Long Beach wasn't the last place I lived in in uh, Los Angeles. But so I moved from there in 2015. So I've been in Seattle for about seven years now. August actually like a week ago would have been seven years in Seattle. So I've been here for a while. Oh, nice. Well, congratulations on the anniversary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, Let's, let's, let's shout them out right now. Who were one of the early players that you can recall if they're still playing, if they're not, um, that made you feel welcomed right away in dodgeball? Uh, so I would say one of the biggest, one of the biggest ones, and everybody knows who he is, is Lucas. Uh, he, <laughs> he literally, so, you know, the Rainbow League started, he was one of the organizers because they were getting them up off the ground and stuff like that. And I remember having early conversations with him about just like, and this is how I got tapped into the leadership role, like just almost being immediately dragged into like, hey, will you, you know, give us advice and, and whatnot, like in season one or whatnot, they invited me to be a captain or approved me to be a captain for season one. And we just started talking about like, how do we make this organization better? And what tweaks can you do? And then, I, and then like those initial conversations, just like, oh, listen, I actually have a lot of organizational leadership experience, especially in like this like sports realm, nonprofit area. I've, I've done a lot of things in this space where I know how to make them better or I know how to, you know, solicit feedback to get them moving. Um, and then, so it was those initial conversations. I was like, oh, this, this person's listening to me. They want to hear my ideas. 
you know, all these things. But then I saw him play, like I actually saw him play and he was injured at this time. So like he was still recovering, but still just a badass with like one arm. Like, <laughs> so watching him play and sort of the combination of leading and stuff, I was like, oh, this is really cool sort of, you know, person to just see in the element of dodgeball as a sport and just like someone who like listens and cares and stuff. So I always remember those early conversations, but I would say he was one of the big draws or like, oh, this is pretty cool. I like this. This feels comfortable to me. Um, so yeah, I would say he was probably one of the bigger ones that I remember in that first season where I just like, oh, I'd like to be like him. <laughs> well, definitely a major shout out um, to Lucas for sure. Um, so before we before we go into the, the the formation of the Squid Open and the idea behind it, I want to ask you something, and this is going to lead into the Squid Open, but this is more from like you said you you've done you know nonprofit leadership and, and stuff like that. What can we do as a dodgeball community to replicate um, the open inclusiveness that you had in Seattle, or to better improve upon it? Uh, across the board yeah i think i think it's really listening to to people and understanding your community right like you know what people want you know reach out and figure out what it is people want understand that like we're not always going to make people happy and that the the in my head like one of my overall goals as just a leader in general is like how can i make the most people happy because I won't make everybody happy right. and that includes like just going out and understanding your community like understanding what people want what makes them happy and the thing is like I'm constantly in in organization mode so like if you see me if you ever see me on like dodgeball nights or one of my league nights or anything like I'm in constant like notes mode where I'm like taking notes of what people are saying to me in, in regard to feedback or how their experiences are going and I'm very like in tune to like when people are talking to me about like, hey, I had a good night or I had a bad night or this is working for me or these things. So I'm constantly in the mindset of trying to understand my community and what works for them and what does not work for them. And part of just like being inclusive and, and doing all those things is listening and trying to understand what, you know, what people are asking for, what people want. Um, so it, it includes sending out surveys and, you know, being an active listener and sort of like, engaging in the community and stepping up to like these positions of leadership and being active to go get the information instead of just standing on the sidelines and like guessing at what people want or going based off what you want you know so i would say that's probably the best way to create an inclusive culture is to really just go out there and understand your community understand what's going to make people happy and and also be open to pushing boundaries right like we're not always going to get it right. We're not always going to fully understand the picture. We may be missed, have some blinders on and we may be missing some certain areas, but there's always room to listen to people, to expand further, grow, you know, grow bigger, do other things, approach things in a different way. And I think just as, you know, to create inclusive and inclusive communities, you have to be open to all those things. So uh, I would say that's sort of my approach and how I try to just create this space here in Seattle is like, I love the inclusivity. I love being open to feedback. I love being, you know, hearing people's stories and why they keep coming back. And I'm, I'm just simply trying to replicate their experiences for everybody else. And with the underlying goal, I'm trying to make the majority of people happy, knowing that I will not ever make everybody happy. <laughs> that's, that's pretty well said. And you said you conducted several surveys? Yeah. So, you know, so I, uh, so 
different approaches for different things. So at the end of our every league, uh, every season for our leagues, we send out a survey at the end of at the end of the season um, to get feedback to improve our leagues, how to make them better. Um, other things I do is I take notes every night. I'm either at the bar with people or at league nights or whatnot to like someone says something or sparks an idea or says something. I'm taking notes. I literally have like a full note sheets, sheets and sheets of notes on my, you know, iPhone notepad that has like all these different <laughs> ideas. Cause somebody will say something to me at like one o'clock in the morning at a bar after league night. And I'm like, okay, I won't forget. I won't remember this, but I'm going to write it down so that, you know, I can act on this in the future at some point. Um, but like, I'm constantly thinking about feedback and stuff like that, you know? Um, and so we do do that survey for our leagues for squid as well. Um, post tournament, I sent out a survey immediately to, uh, like three days after two days after while things are fresh in people's minds to sort of give us feedback on how it went for them. Like, what did they like? What did they not like? Would they come back? Like, are you, you know, are you willing to come back and play again? Um, things like that, just because I want to know what the experience was like, even though a lot of people were already just personally reaching out to me, telling me things and whatnot. But like, you know, so I'm constantly trying to put the feedback, like, you know, option out there for people to be able to say something, because if you don't say something, then, you know, I can't act on anything. I can't, you know, debate it in my head or debate it with people or bring it up to a committee or say anything unless it's being brought to my attention. So um, the feedback thing is a huge thing. Um, that I sort of rely a lot on. And then the other piece of, you know, just uh, is just the experience. Like I've, I've been, like I said, in organizational sports for a long time, post high school into college and even as an adult. Um, Squid is not the first tournament I've run. I used to run a really uh, uh, a big tournament, a uh, water polo tournament for three years here in Seattle. So like these aren't, oh, new wow. con these aren't new concepts to me. It's just like it's adjusting to the community that I'm now serving. So uh you know it, it's it's all based on feedback so even in those tournaments for water polo we'd still i'd still send out surveys like hey how to how to go what would you change would you come back and other things like that so i really do rely on hearing from people that are participating on what's good and what's not yeah that's that's pretty spot on um and that was also going to be my next question obviously this uh, squid open was not your first tournament this is your first dodgeball tournament to host would you say, without going into into the weeds too much, but would you say, based on your surveys, that the straight and queer community have more in common than what meets the eye, so to speak? Uh, I would say they 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 do and don't. There's different there's different elements to both groups. So there's definitely different elements of both groups, and I say a lot of it is really just you know people like an overall package deal good experience and you'll get that on both sides right I right. want a, a competitive environment i want a consistent rules i want those things so on the same side you see a lot of those elements but there's without again getting into the weeds and stuff there's a lot of yeah. other just like societal things that happen in both spaces where like if you know understanding that queer protected spaces are still kind of important in 2022 you open the news and you still hear all these things that are happening in the world and even here in the u.s and stuff like that like there's still a reason to have protected spaces and that doesn't diminish anybody else's space it's just like hey th there's a reason why these still need to exist and what i'm doing here is advocating for any space really so if, you know whatever space is out there that people need i'm gonna support it even if it doesn't belong to me right so right. Uh, and seeing the feedback from even uh, that tournament was called the Seattle International uh, Water Polo Open. Um, 
So like the, 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 the feedback is pretty in line in terms of experience. Everybody wants the same experience, meaning they want to feel included. They want it, they want it to be well organized. They want, you know, all the details lined out for them. Everybody wants as much detail as possible. Everybody wants consistency. Everybody wants to be treated the same. All those things are in line. I will say like one of the things that was pretty resounding in the responses to Squid in that survey, because one of the specific question was like, hey, um, it was like a three choice kind of answer. It's like, hey, how do you feel about this have been, having been a queer only tournament where we asked our allies to sit out? Or would you prefer that, are you indifferent to like, hey, allowing our straight allies to play in it? Or are you like, you know, on the other side of the fence where you're like, I would rather have anybody play in the tournament. It doesn't matter, like we shouldn't really care about sexuality or anything else. Something, they were much condensed in that, but that's where the general answers to that question were. And hmm. like, of all the responses, I think one of them had uh, one, one, one or two had indicated indifferent where they wouldn't mind both ways. But everybody's like, I love the fact that this was a queer only tournament. And that was like one of the resounding like comments I heard through the weekend is like, hey, you know, from our Toronto folks, you know, Denver folks, you know, we was hearing like, hey, I really loved coming here knowing that this was a thing like this, like was a draw for, for me. This is why we're here. Uh, and then the other reason is also like, oh, because it was seven inch film. They're like most of most of the queer communities like BGL and Stonewall, they all play no sting. So uh, foam is a draw as well. And, you know, it's our primary ball here in Dodgeball, Seattle. So uh, those were like two things I heard all weekend. So um, there, there is a difference that exists, but there's also a lot of similarities as well. Well said. Um, but before we continue, I want to thank you for going into that. Um, there are some things that we are different on, but in the, this highlighted what I genuinely believe, that we all want the same experience. And um, before we continue, I definitely would like to see a day where protected spaces aren't needed, but for now, we have to acknowledge that they are. Um, I want to I want to touch on something. Uh, the idea of the Squid Games, and you you kind of you know you brought that up to the forefront. Before we go into it, I, I gotta I gotta ask. It's kind of low hanging low hanging fruit. Um, you 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 mentioned it early on. You hosted the Squid Games, not the Squid Open. And you know where you know the joke I'm leading into. Um, <laughs> did people You're not the first. You are not the first. I'm not the first, but I'm the first on record. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna point this out. Did people survive the? Was it a one day or t it was a two day tournament? It was right? a two day. It was a two day tournament, and people survived. They people survived. No one was shot. No one had <laughs> or no one had to you know wash their back to be stabbed. I mean, it was a clear <laughs> tournament, so that may have happened at some point. Hopefully. You know, <laughs> But but no one was literally stabbed, so that's a win. It was <laughs> there was no uh, tug of war at halftime. There was no there was no tug of war at halftime. Although that's a new concept that could be introduced next year. Uh, but <laughs> no, no, none of that. Uh, yeah, interesting enough. So you know, there's different elements to get this moving, and I sort of have this consistent group that I play with, uh, Dodgeball Weekly. Um, and I have been doing it for, you know, the last two years or so. And I kind of like, I pick brains from different places. So I'm like, I'll drop a, a message into one group chat and then drop one in another or drop the same question and see what the responses are. So when I was like, I was like, Hey, coming up with a name, like, Hey, Hey guys, you know, I'm working on this. Like, 
like, I need to come up with a name. This is what I gave them a few options. I was like, what do you think of these? Or like, what can you, what variations can you spin? And one of, one of the players responded with, why don't you name it Squid? And I was like, okay. And I looked at it and I literally looked at it twice. I was like, oh, and then they explained the acronym, right? So it's the Seattle Queer International Dodgeball Open. I was like, oh, that's perfect. I want an acronym that will stick. But then immediately I went, I was like, oh no. Like they, the joke started flowing about well, Squid <laughs> Games this and Squid Games. That. I was like, no, I was like, first of all, I don't want people to associate the tournament with the TV show. I was like, cause the TV show was so grim and just like gruesome and which I actually loved, it was very entertaining. But also I was like, I don't need people to associate Squid Games with the Squid Open. But ultimately the acronym was so good. I was like, oh no, it just works. I love it. It's a good one that could just stick for years to come. So here we go, we're going with Squid. But the jokes flowed for a bit and some of the ideas of like, well, you could do this and in, in terms of joking wise, I was like, no, we can't. Uh, but yes, anyway, we, we landed on Squid. Uh, so it, it is officially the Seattle Queer uh, International Dodgeball Open and it, it will carry that name for as long as it, it possibly can until, you know, people really just like, oh no, we don't really want to associate to Squid Games. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so that was actually, you know, one of my, I, would, I call them my focus group or one of my focus groups. Cause like I said, you know, I'm always soliciting feedback. So, you know, I, I popped a question into one of the chats asking for for ideas and that's what they came up with so shout out to uh that group chat they know who they are uh on <laughs> providing that name and also all the context behind it <laughs> i mean i gotta say well one you um anyone can listen to the intro you you introduced it as you hosted the squid games and that was just a joke in my mind i'm like i'm gonna mention it and he said it he didn't say open he said games so there were no dudes in like triangle mask, no dog, no, no somewhere in the gym. No one was kidnapped. No one was wearing masks. No one was doing any of that. None yeah, of the no challenges, at least. <laughs> we provided food. I mean, we provided snacks. So like, there was. I mean, you know, there's some similarities, but no, it was not. It was not the Squid Games. And honestly, now like, I feel like somebody somebody had told me when I made. Because I was making the announcements during the weekend of Squid, they're like, "Hey, you even said the acronym wrong." And I was like, "Oh, it's like I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's just so, it's just so complex." And now I go between Squid Games and Squid Open and Squid. And so, listen, <laughs> it is Squid. It That's could go. <laughs> it could go games. It could go open. It could be whatever it is your mind comes up with. <laughs> Well, I, I, I will ask whoever attended the Squid Games um, if you could verify by uh, verify the survivors. We should say tag them in the comments and let let us know you guys made it back home safely. Because uh, I don't trust each side with this. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, I would probably check on some of them too. Some of them were out very late on some of those nights, so I don't know what ended up happening to them. That's more. That's more the reason. <laughs> If, if you played in this tournament in any of the teams, I want you to tag all your teammates in the comments and let us know you all made it safely. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that a favor for me and E over here. Headcount, for sure. Like a survivor headcount, yes. <laughs> so um, this is a two-day tournament. How many – you say it was just a foam division. Was it a foam, foam co-ed, foam men and women? So it was a foam division. So here's the, So here's – the the thing about the tournament right so mm -hmm. 
you know, it's the first year. Like I said, you know, some of the logistical hurdles I knew we were going to face just because, again, we're coming out of nowhere or, or like those who are familiar with Dodgeball Seattle know Dodgeball Seattle. Um, our competitive uh, uh, queer players have been building up. We have travel teams that are going out there now and stuff like that. But like our scene is still building. So we didn't know, like I, like as an organizer, I didn't know how it would land year one. I didn't know what I can overpromise or under, like I didn't know any of this. So like mm. I had this concept in my head of what it would look like, how it would operate. And some of the things had to be tweaked just because, you know, number of registrations, number of teams, or whatnot but overall like i would say it turned out to be great for what it was its first year everyone left happy and it was a co-ed it was a foam tournament there was two divisions we had an open division and we had a co-ed division and uh the, the format was uh two two different types so on day one it was uh it was a round robin where you played every team that was registered for the tournament uh, because there was eight teams. So, you know, you played every team in round robin mm -hmm. and then you were ranked against your own division. And in, in, in a double elimination, you only played within your division to crown the winner. So on day two, what we ended up doing and actually this was more so of an experiment for me as well. And a lot of people like felt iffy about it at first, but it actually turned out to be one of the more positive experiences that I'm getting a lot of positive feedback about was on day two, I ended up going with the approach of a scramble. And the reason I did this is because I promised a two day tournament. So I'm going to deliver a two day tournament and we have the gym time. I want to be able to give people maximum time to play but also like other like tournaments i've participated in not dodgeball but you know in water polo and soccer and things like that they do things like scrambles and things like that where they mix everybody up and you're playing with a completely new different team mm. so that you're meeting new people like part of the whole queer community thing is like you're getting to know people you're making friends you're meeting people that you wouldn't otherwise meet across the aisles or on other teams because you're you know you're usually within your pack but like you're not crossing lines and stuff. So what I did is on day two, and it, we ran a scramble, meaning everybody got placed on a separate team, randomized teams, and they played that day with their random team. So you did a whole day, a whole uh, few hours of round robin, you played every team again, and then we did a single elimination where another winner was crowned for day two. Um, for the scramble and it turned out to be very successful like I did get some feedback on like imbalance and stuff like that but those are things that get worked out over time because you know we didn't realize what kind of talent was walking through the door you know who was who like what was you know what was quite happening just yet but like the concept of the scramble I think will probably be here to stay just because it also emulates what we do here in Seattle in all our leagues so we don't have BYOT league. So there are no bring your own team leagues. Everything is draft here. And for me, that's actually one of my favorite things about Dodgeball Seattle and Rainbow League. It, and it's one of the things that I find the most inclusive because you're always meeting new teams. You're always meeting new players. You're always, you know, changing the dynamic of your play based on who you're now grouped with. And it changes every season. Sometimes you'll get some of your old friends on it. Sometimes you'll get, you'll always get some new ones. So like, I find it to be one of the most inclusive elements that we do unique here in Dodgeball Seattle that just kind of makes us a very inclusive community, especially in the queer sports arena, because a lot of the other organizations do run with bring your own teams, which can become clicky sometimes, which could kind of keep you in your bubble. 
sometimes they become imbalanced because you get like teams that have been playing together for seven years and then you get this new team of free agents that has never played before and getting killed every week like you know so i i really love the idea of the scramble and testing it out and i love sort of the response that came with it people were just like you know i thought i'd hate it more than i loved it and i ended up loving it just because it really is a it was a new concept for a lot of people. I think a lot of people were coming here expecting to play with their own team both days. And I would have done that too, but I felt like that would have just, you know, not been as exciting to, you know, run two days of sort of the same style of play when you already know, you know, who won the day before or whatnot, or you've already done what you need to do with your team. So, um, yeah, so that was the two day format that we ended up going with. Um, and then, yeah, just sort of uh, it, it came with this logistics that just had to be adapted due to the nature of our tournament, how outreach was going, how things were moving along in this space, how many people were registering and whatnot. Um, but it was all a learning experience. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Did you just host or did you play in it as well? I hosted and played. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> I, hosted, I hosted and played. And it, uh, not my first rodeo doing it. So I'm used to, actually, this was actually a lot smoother because I feel like in uh, when I hosted the water polo opens, like that was like, I was the main, like I was the main person here too, but there I was like the main person running around, probably doing absolutely every little thing that I possibly had to do just to keep things moving. And here, like I had, a good support team the day of that was just helping me like and, and i explained this to them i said hey like you know i would for year one i wanted to do the brunt of the work to be able to know what could be easily delegated you know how complex things like basically as a management style i want to know how hard the job is before i'm giving it to people or whatnot so delegation wasn't really a, <laughs> the biggest thing for this first round but it, it certainly will be moving forward but like my day of that my weekend of team were just solid like i like almost like no one really had to lift a finger the only thing i had to do is make a few announcements between a few things but like i did that and also played in the tournament and it it, it didn't feel as stressful as any of my water polo tournaments that ran so that was a win for me <laughs> that was a win for me <laughs> so you kind of just let the cat out the bag we, we should expect more squid open games squid games in the uh, <laughs> squid open squid open, <laughs> squid open. <laughs> Yes, no, uh, definitely. I, I think um, we will definitely, we're already talking, I'm already like, what's 2023 going to look like? One of the biggest things that I think would make it more so sort of just like now that people have experienced it are going back to their own communities to recruit and, and talk this up. And now there's, you know, there's photos online and, and we kind of pulled out a lot of the stops. I mean, we were streaming. I mean, you can find the videos online. So it's like, you know, we were streaming, we were, you know, we had a photographer, we, you know, we had the events, we had all these things. And I think all these people will go out, speak of the tournament and the experience they had and only get bigger. And even in the process of sort of building what was happening, like I reached out to a lot of teams that I didn't even know existed out in different spaces. I'm like, oh, here I'm learning about other organizations that are all queer that, you know, had they been given more time or had I known more about them prior to launching or whatnot could have given them more time to buy tickets and stuff like that but i think that the other aspect of this too is you know timing is a big issue meaning like if we're hosting something that's supposed to be on this scale of inviting people from afar i want to give people ample time to buy flights to book hotels and those things that are advantageous to their budgets and things like that so um one of the things i i've already like thought about as 
a feedback thing and, and things I've discussed is to moving it in like a dead travel season. That way flights are cheaper, hotels are cheaper, people have monthly way to sort of plan for it. And it's not going to be sort of a last minute thing, but I think Squid is here to stay for as long as it's sustainable. <laughs> for sure. That's, that's the best news I heard all day right now. <laughs> um, but because you played, I want to ask you uh, any cool, and this is your opportunity to put yourself on the map. I want to know any cool plays you pulled off or any funny blunders that you pulled off. Because uh, I could definitely point to one funny blunder that happened between us, but we're not talking about that. No, I think you can leave that out of the conversation. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, any cool, or, any cool plays you pulled off or witnessed or any funny blunders that you yeah, took part in? You know, I, I, I wouldn't say I did anything funny. Um, or, uh, I mean, there was one moment where we were, we were playing... Uh, for me, that was more memorable, and I keep sending this video to our, my group chat that I'm part of. There's a moment, uh, our team, this team that we were playing against, who's uh, part mostly like 90%, actually, yeah, 90% of all people that I play with on a weekly basis. So, so we know their style of play. We we hear some of the things that they like call out as plays and know what they're talking about. So, at one point, you know, some of my teammates who are also members of that consistent group that we play with we were like let's use their play against them did that and on a rush like immediately like clocked one of their players because you know to get them out because they were so thrown off that we were basically yelling their own play at them and didn't really know what to do so <laughs> that was a funny blunder but for the most part like honestly like i would say the weekend was filled uh, like i expected because we do primarily play foam here in seattle and i've literally been seeing the like our some of our Seattle folks just elevate their game, you know, week in and week out. And over the last few years, like they just, you know, really leveled up to see Seattle just show up. But none of the Seattle teams actually took top awards. And like the talent that came in was just so awesome to see. There's this guy, uh, uh, you know, the, the people from Montreal and Toronto, that team just like blew everybody away. It was it just it was it was phenomenal to sort of just see. It was pretty cool. Nice. Um, I see. I don't know if you know him, but one of my good friends and someone I interviewed uh, a couple months ago, Marco Franzita, um, was there. Yeah, and he was on. He was on that team. He was on that team that blew everybody away. <laughs> he was. I'm like, he's that. not from Montreal, just for the record. But, no, he's, um... no, he's he's not. <laughs> he's not. But like that was that was that combination. That was that combination team. Um, that was just like it, it blew all of us away honestly it was just so cool to see um it was just pretty awesome like I, I don't think we were expecting the level of talent to just walk through the door i think uh you know some of our, our folks kind of went into it a little cocky uh <laughs> and they all got showed and like i all got taught a little lesson like you know we are you know but it was pretty solid it was solid playing all weekend it just like some amazing moves. This guy named Andrew from Toronto, I guess, no, known, been playing dodgeball for like 10 years. He had this crazy underhand throw that could clock anybody. And just like, mm. he was doing it so effortlessly and in every game and people kept seeing this, but there was like no avoiding it. Like, it was just, it was phenomenal to see. I, I don't know, like I just wasn't expect. Like, I, I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe I wasn't expecting anything, but it was just pretty awesome just to see, like, 
some of these people just flex and to get to know some of these other queer players that play in other cities that are just like mind-blowing moves and strategy that just like you know it, it's all on video so you could probably go watch it on uh, our twitch stream and relive the glory of what was squid squid Wait, open this was streamed on twitch yeah it was streamed on twitch so so that uh, that's the other cool thing so like i said we pulled out all How the did stops. I we pulled out all the stops on it so one of the big shout outs to my uh you know the team that was supporting me are dodgeball seattle board members lucas missy and bill so i basically uh had them running the clocks and, and sort of um you know inputting the scores and keeping those things updated for me and and bill uh bill fisher you know came came down and he streamed it for us both days so like he had the full setup going um and we we were streaming for two days like two days of streaming and a lot of people like were really happy we're really happy about the stream stuff because they're able to go back and 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 see the video and and see some highlights that they did and, and I, I you know i've been seeing it over the internet people posting some highlight moves that they did or whatnot so that's pretty cool that you know people are highlighting and watching that stuff one of the things that we did get feedback about though is like so the 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 tornness that people have is like do you want music playing or do you want the twitch stream to be running and i think there may be a modification for next year where maybe we have like a silent stream running throughout round robin and actual commentary for the stream because a lot of people are like music is necessary like music gives us life <laughs> like everyone's like we want to be shaking our shaking our butts on the dance floor like we want to be shaking our butts on that floor while we're playing so uh that was one of the feedback things that we definitely got it's like oh is there a way to balance you know the streaming with you know uh the music and stuff like that and one of the things you know we had eliminated some of the music uh for most of day two just because we had the stream going so uh didn't want to overpower the stream but i think we're gonna have to find a balance next year for that to sort of give people the music that they want which is the majority of people <laughs> <laughs> for sure i also want to shout out um these jerseys i think what's the team in cartoon heroes as a video game nerd, uh, that speaks to me. Um, okay, so that's the, one of the jerseys I wanted. So I looked at their bro, jerseys. same, me too. Yeah, man. I was just like, I looked at them and I was like, oh, holy crap! I was like, first of all, those are really cool jerseys. I think the story behind it is they they attended a tournament somewhere in Canada. I think it was Montreal or something. They attended a tournament as a team, and those were provided as the tournament jerseys. Like they made tournament jerseys for everybody, and those were their tournament jerseys. So oh, I was like, wow. that is a pretty sick jersey to walk away with uh I, I was yeah i feel like i commented to at least two of them i was like hey how do i get one of those jerseys because it's pretty awesome so before i go to my next point hypothetically because i just want to nerd out for just a little bit um if you were to select your own cartoon hero to put on that jersey who would it be and why who would it be and why um so i think of all the cartoons that i watched or have have you can't think of like have had influence in my life or I remember them very well and actually this doesn't sound very nerdy of me because I don't I don't really watch cartoons anymore or maybe I do occasionally tune in but like uh yesterday I was watching uh the Pokemon Mewtwo new movie or whatever the new digit like the new updated version of the like 2000 1999 movie or whatever Mm -hmm. And I think if I had any like a, like cartoon person on like my 
my jersey, it would probably be Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. <laughs> nice. Um, you said it was the first one, right? The one from 1999? Well, no, I watched the, update, the updated version is on Netflix. So, like, the 2020, the 2019, it's basically a replica of the original that came out in, like, 1999 or 1998. Uh, but they, you know, updated the graphics, same exact story. They had oh, okay. uh, yeah, a few more elements into it, but it's the same exact story. Uh, just updated to like a newer generation slash newer graphics, but th- nothing beats the original. Yeah, for sure. I was about to say. <clears throat> I was about to say that that movie still makes me cry, but we're not going to go into that any more than we're going to go into our blunder. We're going to call it friendly fire, uh, friendly fire, and uh, leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's talk about the after party uh, scene. Um, how was how was it after two days? You know, you got your winner's crown. You got done with the scramble. What was it like the final day, you know, like the final after party? Like, what was the so, overall uh, well, vibe for you? Well, I was beat, so <laughs> I was exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'll come, I'll come by and, and 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 have a drink for the last like going away. You know, we did have, I want to say, about uh, twenty-five or thirty people on that last day of drinking or whatnot. But like, you know, the after parties seem to to be okay you know we did have a good showing on opening night so we had like an opening mixer at a local bar people came and we sort of identified people um you know who are playing in the tournament and ran into you know different people there and then on saturday night uh was a you know an, an after party at a dance club down here in soto of a bar that uh sponsored uh you know waved the cover for all our players to just go dance and stuff so that was pretty cool um i think people had a good time i mean people were in the circle on the dance floor like it was it was moving so that was great and then the last day was supposed to be like a closing happy hour or whatnot and and that was uh you know we had about 25 to 30 people show up through there and 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 have some drinks i stayed for like an hour because i was dead tired from the weekend Mm -hmm. uh but overall i think the social aspect is also one of the elements that we'll you know we, we probably focus on a little bit more next year as well um, before our Saturday night gathering at the club, we did have like an improv, like, Hey, let's on me at Cal Anderson park, which is, you know, the main park here in Seattle, that's in our Capitol Hill area in the city to just hang out and sort of have drinks in the park and sit on the grass and stuff. And like, a, you know, a whole bunch of people showed up to that, like, and they actually really enjoyed it. They said, Hey, we should do more things like that. Some of the feedback also came in to like, hey, you know, you know, some people are just not drinkers or not club people, which is fair, you know. Um, so like maybe a, a few more catered experiences that are a little bit more inclusive in the way like, hey, it doesn't necessarily have to be a drinking rager. But, you know, the park thing seemed to work out very well and people loved it and and people were posting about it. And a lot of people raved about it in the feedback, like the improv park gathering was just, you know, one of their favorite things. and. And they want to see more social aspects of it just, you know, uh, be incorporated into the entire weekend. So people are here for it. People are here for it. Sounds epic. Uh, before I let you go, uh, I, I see that Ballaste, shout out Ballaste, they, they sent out some awesome stickers for the tournament. Who designed the, uh, what looks like the championship patch? So that, so I hired a graphic designer to make the squid logo and the main squid logo. So that squid logo is essentially what I would want to use. And his name's Dustin Wagner, if he ever listens to this. Uh, uh, 
to design that main logo that will carry on. So it's essentially what will happen or the idea, you know, someone will eventually take this over. I don't think I'll be in charge forever, but like the idea is that that would be the base logo and then anything else could be added onto it. So like other elements, like maybe an actual squid or, or whatnot could be out, added to them in the future. Um, so they designed the logo and we used it for the, the patch. And that's one of the things I actually brought from my water polo tournament experience is you know i used it for that and that used to be a hit like people love the idea of like you know with medals they end up in a drawer or unless you have some sort of shrine to yourself somewhere which some people do um you know it, it's practical you can throw one of these iron-on patches to any of your gym bags your backpacks and put it on there and it just sticks so uh yeah that's where it came, the idea came from so i you know i've used it before and and i basically modified uh the the primary logo to just include the word champions on it to give out to the winners of the tournament and three teams walked away with them the co-ed team the open team and the scramble team all walked away with those patches uh so uh very excited and to bali say uh we really did appreciate uh their donation they made a donation to our tournament and really you know just helped elevate the experience for some of these people you know uh this tournament was contingent on how many people signed up how many people paid the fees and you know decisions can only have been made once you know fees were paid and things started moving because you know this was this was literally being built from the ground up so you know uh, with that donation we were able to have a little bit of padding to be able to say hey we can do these things and we can incorporate them and i think overall like you know there was a lot more bang for your buck you know we had a, a complimentary snack table set up and and we were able to do, you know, the streaming and, and, and provide awards for all the three different divisions and all those things. So it was really nice. So we're very appreciative of, of the donation made to uh, Squid to make it even more successful. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it started from, it, it's pretty much this year is essentially started from the ground up. And uh, I could definitely see this being a, a pillar um, in the queer community as far as like Sin City, Stonewall. And people are going to mark this in the calendar next year, so keep that in mind. Um, whether it happens in August, whether it happens in September, July, however you want to plan it, <laughs> keep yeah. this in mind. Uh, most likely October, but yes, September, October is what I'm eyeing or thinking about. But yes, it will be. I'm trying to. We're trying to land a weekend that would be consistent. So like you, you can count on it being this weekend every year, and you know you can take that to the bank and and just you know plan it to be on your calendar of trips for the year because we'll have you and, and and you'll have a good time for sure definitely and um yeah i'm gonna go on record and saying that this will be one of those marquee tournaments like stonewall like sin city so yeah no pressure <laughs> <laughs> right oh, okay yeah it fails next year <laughs> no no i mean i, I don't think it, i don't think no. it'll fail i don't think it'll fail bro i'm not saying that i'm just I'm just I'm just putting it out there, man. Putting out good good vibes for you. You good know, what I mean? I, I'm picking them up and equally putting it out there too. So, who anyone's listening, tell your queer friends, uh, get them on board, let them know this is happening. <laughs> We're here for you. <laughs> for sure, man. All right, <clears throat> and we'll wrap up. All right, and that was my uh, Squid Games, <laughs> Squid Games, Squid Open recap with Isai. Um, thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us. A bit about yourself and the origins of this tournament and obviously the running joke that was low-hanging fruit that I had to take on. Um, I definitely stand by what I said. Um, along with Sin City and Stonewall, this will be another pillar in the queer community that people can look forward to in the years to come. 
I personally got to play with Isai back in round three, and I can vouch for the fact that he's very organizational, very on task, and he, when he sets his, he sets his mind on something, he definitely means it, and he'll definitely achieve it to the best of his abilities. Um, so with that, I will let you go. Um, if you listen up until this point, thank you so much, and have a wonderful day.